Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guest today is Kim Caswell, president of Skyway Cats, Inc. Highlighted recently in a wonderful photo essay by Dirk Shad in the Tampa Bay Times, Skyway Cats, Inc. is a nonprofit operated by a cadre of volunteers. Sorry, just making some adjustments as I go here. Um, who feed and care for a feral cat or uh, also known as community cat colony in a distinctive location South Skyway Fishing Pier, just uh, in Tampa Bay there. This location can pose unique challenges for the folks who tend to the Skyway cats, but the novel location also provides an uncommon opportunity to review TNR, Trap, Neuter, Return, as a method for controlling the cat population while preventing cat overpopulation and associated troubles at community cat colonies. It should be noted that the crew that looks after the colony at the South Skyway Fishing Pier separately and individually also manage colonies in St. Petersburg, St. Pete Beach, Tampa, Tarpon Springs, Venice, and Riverview. Collectively, that means providing food, shelter, and medical care for a veritable platoon of pussycats. We're here today chiefly to discuss the world of Skyway cats, which we'll do when I speak with Kim Caswell in a few moments here on Talking Animals on WMNF. A programming note, next week my guest will be Temple Grandin, author, professor, expert on autism and animal cognition. Dr. Grandin has been a guest on Talking Animals multiple times over our two decades here. Though in recent years, I've interviewed her on stage twice at the 1200-seat Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas. I look forward to speaking with her again next Wednesday right here on Talking Animals on WNF. And we'll, we'll welcome your questions and comments for Dr. Grandin at that point. Also coming up later in today's program, I'll speak with Sonny Flynn founder and CEO of the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center in Madeira Beach, which about three weeks ago experienced a devastating fire that claimed over 100 animals. Tomorrow night, August 3rd from 6 to 9 p.m., there will be a benefit aiming to raise funds to look after the surviving animals and help the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center rebuild and recover. The site of this benefit is the Billmar Beach Resort in Treasure Island. We'll hear more about this from Sonny Flynn later in today's show. Right now, though, let's discuss Skyway Cats with Kim Caswell, with a reminder that I invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663, emailing dj at wmnf.org, or texting 813-433-0885. This is Kim Caswell on Talking Animals on WNF. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on Talking Animals. And uh, I think it's uh, safe to say it's almost unheard of that someone's first animal experience will be tending to a feral cat colony. I mean, that's... That's at a fairly advanced level of uh, animal involvement. Yeah, and most people don't seek out these kind of things, but they fall into them because they see cats, cats that are uncared for, cats that are having kittens outside. Um, so, I mean, that's how 
I got into it. That's how all the volunteers I know got into it. You see a problem and somebody's got to do something. So and it's got to be you. you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We'll get to that in a sec. But tell me about your previous experience with animals. Uh, presumably there was some prior to stepping into the uh, feral cat world. Well, yeah. I mean, I've always had cats, always loved animals. Um, I live in St. Pete Beach where there um, there was a, a cat problem, particularly in North St. Pete Beach. Um, and some people had been trapping there. Uh, one of them, uh, Sue Wilroy from Cat Trap Fever, had done some trapping there and then helped me out to learn how to trap and keep those colonies under control. I have a feeder there um, who is a, a former Marine, a boxer. He's a great guy. Um, that's how we got into it. My husband was friends with him. We started providing food, and then we started trapping there. And then... Um, from there, the Skyway, I had been helping with a pelican rescue one day, and I saw a cat crossing the pier, and I asked my bird rescue friend if there were cats there, and she said, yes, but don't worry about them. They're managed by a woman who takes really good care of them. So I didn't think anything more of it until a few weeks later, that woman called me um, asking for help. It's Maria Marino, um, who uh, is our vice president, and she did a lot of the trapping there uh, to keep the population under control, and um, she and her husband help us out um, uh, along with a number of other volunteers. All right, so we'll, we'll talk a bit later, specifically about when we t- made these references so far to trapping. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about TNR specifically mm-hmm. and how that works, just because that's you know kind of central to this world. Um, but I have to say, uh, just as a, a side note, something called cat trap fever in this world is a great name. I have to, mm-hmm. I have to, yeah. I have to appreciate the wit there. So, um, what what sort of drew you? Obviously, somebody needed help. You're a longtime cat person. But what drew you and, and then has kept you, and if anything, maybe got, got its claws into you, so to speak, even more broadly, so that you're doing even more maybe feral cat work than you ever imagined doing? What, what, what is it that appeals to you about it? Well, I guess it's just the overwhelming need. There are always too few people doing this kind of work, doing any kind of animal rescue work. Yeah. And... Um, that's basically it. I wish there were no need. I wish we didn't have to do these kinds of things. I wish there were no cat colonies. But um, for the time being, um, this is what we have. And, uh, you know, the, the, like I say, the need is overwhelming. So that's why I keep doing it. And that's why our volunteers keep doing it. And, and apart from the need, some of the people I've talked to over the years that do this kind of work um, describe almost like a... Uh, like a magnetic pull, sort of like it's drawing into the colony, you know, day after day. It sounds kind of irresistible, almost. I mean, addictive is probably too strong of a word, but there's definitely something that because some people I think don't necessarily stick with it, mm-hmm. and some people really mm-hmm. do, and like mm-hmm. they're like the lifers. And there's something that just seems like it's super powerful in them that, that keeps them coming back every day or however many days a week they're devoting to this. Yeah, absolutely. You get to know the cats, their personalities. They're 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 not pets exactly, but yeah. um, you love them just like they they were. And um, in fact, they have greater needs than your pets do. And um, you know, it, 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 just an animal lover, and yeah. that's that's why. You know, I continue to do it. Yeah. And you make a commitment. I mean, you can't just leave them uh, and stop doing it. 
because they're going to die. <laughs> right, without without so, you yeah, or someone yeah. like you. So once going you get on in, Tuesdays once you get into whatever, it, yeah, once yeah. you get into it, you have to keep going. Yeah, and um, just to back up for a sec, when you said you know they're kind of like you know you get to know the cats and mm-hmm. whatever. So, I mean, I'm going to assume that you have cats at home. I do several. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So maybe we'll come back to that at some point. Yeah. But I'm just curious. Compared to someone who's loved cats for some time, which we've already established and has, sounds like several cats there with you at home. Mm-hmm. How does that compare to uh, seeing these cats at these colonies, which you know and you get to know them from, you know, your repeated visits to tend to them and feed them and, mm-hmm. and if need be, trap them and bring them back, et cetera. I mean, wh- how does it compare and contrast to just the cats that you have kind of in your living room that are snoozing right now or whatever? Yeah, well, you care about all of the cats, and it would be great if every cat had a loving home. Yeah. But the reality is that's just not going to happen. These cats outside are typically unsocialized to humans. Um, Like at the Skyway, for instance, you can get near them, and they come out when you're going to feed them, Mm -hmm. but uh, you can't, for the most part, pet them or interact much with them. So you love them, but in a way that's different from your cats, where you can interact with your cats and pet them and, um, you know, take you, you have a better way of taking care of them in your home. So you worry about the outdoor cats more, I'll say that. Yeah, um, just because there's us, more risk yeah, and peril kind of. More yeah. risk and more peril. It causes us untold amounts of anxiety to have those guys out there. Yeah. But that's their home. Uh, and that's where we've got to take care of them. And when we talk about peril, mm-hmm. um, compared to people that maybe look after uh, colonies in other mm-hmm. parts of the country, let's right. say, what happens or what can happen, if anything, for you for you guys that look after these cats? And obviously, have taken love of these cats when it's like hurricane season, or just mm-hmm. or even just basic storms right. that there's been you know this time of year. There's plenty of those. Yeah, we've got some big um, risks that maybe other colonies don't face as much. Um, with respect to the hurricane season, the last one, the last hurricane, our our founding member Greg Schroeder, his wife is our treasurer. He maintains the colony. He's built the shelters. He cuts the grass. He puts down sodium bicarbonate, which is like putting baking soda in your litter box. Mm-hmm. Um, feeds. Uh, he's been wonderful trying to sort of harden the colony against the storms. Okay. Uh, last time, uh, what he did was he's got a got a big sort of industrial pipe and anchored it down on the highest part of the colony, so that the cats would ha- have somewhere to go. Uh, for shelter inside at the higher ground. They do have a number of other shelters, but we were afraid that the water would come up and they like to hide in the rocks. Mm. We were afraid that they'd get drowned in the rocks. As it turns out, everybody was okay. We did a head count a few days after. We weren't able to reach the colony because the pier was closed for a couple of days after that. But so no, no one had any access, even no, you guys saying, "Hey, no. we look after cats here. We're not just trying to like go." No, or we no, yeah. we couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, but we had left enough food, dry food, in the shelters, so that the cats weren't going hungry. They had food, they had water, and um, everybody was okay. In terms of other risk, unusual risks there, fish hooks. Um, the fishermen are um, obviously that's the. It's a fishing pier. Right. So we've got fishermen there all the time on the seawall next to the colony. And we have had a couple of instances with uh, where the cats get fish hooks 
in their paws, in their mouths. And we had one last year, our only orange cat, Rusty, got a fish hook in his mouth. This cat loves fresh fish. And I think he went after a baited hook and the fisherman just cut the line. So he's got a length of fishing line and a hook in the side of his mouth. So we had to catch him. It's not easy to catch one cat in a colony of 20 or so, so cats. So we spent a couple of weeks with a drop trap trying to train him to go in. And he's an especially wary cat mm. um, because all these cats have been trapped before and fixed. So they're not, they don't want to go into traps again. <laughs> I've, so I've, anyway, I've, I've after, seen this movie before. Yeah, after yeah. sitting yeah. for hours and hours every evening, our uh, Maria, our vice president, caught a fish, <laughs> threw it in the trap. Finally, he went in the trap. Oh. So we got him. That had to be surgically removed. We got him care. Oh, and he's back out in his outdoor home. That, that, it's interesting that overlaps an email that just came in, um, you know, thanking us for the topic and saying they had seen the uh, piece in the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Times that I alluded to at the top of the show. And then the question was, I was curious whether the cats tried to steal the scraps of fish, guts, or, or fillets from fishermen cleaning their catch from the, the fishing pier. And then... Tied right in this, says I would be worried if they might swallow fish hooks or other fishing implements on, yep. at the pier. Yeah, yeah, we worry about it all the time. And people do, we find parts of fish there and also bait fish. If people um, catch a lot of bait fish, a lot, we'll find like just a bunch of them thrown in the colony. And, the, and, the, and a few of the cats will pick those fish up and eat them, which surprised me because having house cats, they're not going to do that. They might play with the fish, but they're not going to eat it. Yeah. Um, I mean, a full, full fish yeah, intact, right? Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. just uh, run away with that fish. So, yeah. so we do find a lot, of, a lot of that in the colony. Um, also, people, well-meaning people leaving things that cats shouldn't be eating or drinking. Uh, one day we found uh, bowls full of milk, uh, human milk. So oh, geez. It's not... A good thing for them either. People are so. watching too many cartoons. Yeah. I guess, right? So yeah, yeah, it's a very public area, so we have those kind of those kind of dangers. Right. Well, let's. We got a couple of emails we want to respond to. One of which we just did, and then we'll let's see. I think we have a uh, uh, caller here. Let's uh, get them involved in the conversation. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with Kim Caswell. Hello. Hello, it's you. Go ahead, please. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering uh, how does a uh, uh, cat. Uh, uh, carers uh, get along with the bird people out there uh, because you know when you think about the the skyway, all we've been hearing lately is uh, pelicans and this that and the other getting hooked and everything. And then with the feral cat uh, kill on uh, birds, how does that work out? Are there any problems there? Um, no, for the most part, we we uh, we know the pelican people. And we get along well with the pelican people. We help each other out. Actually, uh, just a few weeks ago, there was a, a pelican rescue. We had to call someone from the, uh, from, the, from the pelican rescue to get that bird. And sometimes I'll do cat res- or pelican rescues as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a few myself. Yeah. Strictly as a fisherman. But, uh, <laughs> right. The cats, uh, I've never seen a cat go after a, a bird like a pelican. Well, now, they, yeah, I, I was more or less confusing pelicans because that's what everybody thinks of when we think of the Skyway right now. That's the big one in the news. And I, right. I'm curious, overall, is there, do you receive concerns about bird populations because of feral cats? I, I know around here they'll, they'll sure nab them. Yeah, we have not. And hopefully, you know, well-fed cats won't tend to go after the birds and the birds 
Um, the smaller birds would stay away. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I differ I, with you on that. I think sometimes you know cats are born hunters. I right. Think sometimes their their instincts take over, but. Right, and I, I, I agree. Um, you try and balance everything out. I mean, I love all the animals. So I want to see them all living, you know, long and happy lives. Um, right. And the cats don't necessarily want to be there, and they're only there because of the negligence of humans. So we, well, we try, I, try, and, try and balance everything out. I don't have anything against cats. I'm right. a big cat fan, but right. I had a neighbor one time who had... Uh, I don't know, it must have been 15 or 20 around his house. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, I'm going to trap some of these and take them to the uh, Humane Society or somewhere because they're just causing me problems over here, getting into my boat and cheating and all this mm -hmm. stuff together. He says, well, well, he said, I don't have any cats. He said, but I go to a bag of food feeding these trays. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, I was just curious. Uh, uh, okay, th thank something. you so much for your call. In fact, your question really anticipates one that I was going to ask, you know, sort of later in the conversation, which I'm going to, you know, sort of reframe now a little bit. But first, I just want to let people know who might just have tuned in. This is Talking Animals. I'm Douglas Douglas. If you did just tune in, my guest is Kim Caswell, president of Skyway Cats, Inc., which uh, highlights, highlighted recently in a wonderful photo essay by Dirk Shad in the Tampa Bay Times. is a nonprofit operated by a cadre of volunteers who feed and care for the feral cat colony in the South Skyway Fishing Pier. If you'd like to ask Kim a question about feral cats or offer a comment, please call 813 239 9663 email dj at wmnf.org or text 813-433-0885 and uh, we'll get to another caller momentarily but i did like i say i was going to ask about this later in the interview because almost any time we do anything about feral cats there's one or more calls or emails or both um from people who are concerned about the impact uh on birds and other wildlife really so i was wondering you've already kind of addressed this obviously um i'm just wondering if you've uh, heard those kind of con concerns and if so like or you or other people who who tend to the colony and how you respond when you when people do raise concerns about that yeah we've heard actually not so much about environmental concerns about the effect on other wildlife but um, just humans hating the cats. Mm. Some people have an irrational hatred of cats. We've got a lot of instances where, you know, cats are being poisoned. Um, so just that they're out there at all? Just Even that people out don't there. necessarily have a big passion for birds or concern right. about wildlife. They're just mad that there's cats there? Exactly. Wow. Um, I, and we're dealing with a really difficult situation in Sunset Beach now with a truly evil couple that are poisoning the cats there Ugh. but even at the skyway we had one time a volunteer was there and a couple of guys drove up with bb guns just wanting to shoot the cats for sport oh my god so um yeah we get a lot of the i wouldn't say concerns just hatred of the cats wow um so that's that's again that's just anti-cat Anti-cat, uh, yeah. <laughs> feeling. No, but I mean, it's not, because again, like I say, it's so common, like I say, almost every time we do anything related to feral cats yeah. or community cats trapped near return, any or all those things, there's a lot of people, some, some who are kind of mad yeah. um, about the impact on the birds and the wildlife. But it sounds like, in this case at least, 
the only birds really that would be directly in jeopardy would be the, the pelicans, and they, they could probably handle themselves with a cat, generally speaking, right? Yeah, I, like I said, I've never seen a pelican and a cat get into a fight. I mean, yeah. you have smaller... Everybody, both both sides are too smart for that, probably, right? right? And yeah. smaller birds, I, I know that there's an impact on wildlife of birds from the feral cat colonies, but again, we don't want those colonies to be there, so the best solution is to try and reduce the number of cats outside. Yeah. The old way of just rounding them up and euthanizing doesn't work and didn't work because you get a vacuum effect where more cats will just come in and fill in that area. So, and you're going to have that cycle all over again. So again, the objective is to get rid of these cat colonies in a humane way with the trap neuter return and then, uh, you know, re- obviously reduce the impact on the wildlife. Okay, well, maybe this is the time to actually get into more trap new and return because one of the things I also was interested to talk to you about in terms of the Skyway uh, colony and just some of the others that you and, and other uh, colleagues work on elsewhere is that very notion you just brought up that, at least it's been my understanding, that over time a colony that's you know that got the TNR thing properly in place and is otherwise well-managed will eventually go extinct. Right. Right. And and is that is that likely to be the case with the Skyway uh, colony as well? Well, one day. Um, I see. But I are assume- there factors that, that set that back from actually being able to be uh, achieved? Yeah, the factors are people dumping cats there. Okay. <laughs> Unfixed cats. Um, we do have that problem. It's a very public place. We have signs up that say, don't dump your cat. We're not a rescue. But we just had last week 10 cats dumped on us right below that sign in a storage container. Mm. Um, Fortunately, one of our volunteers went to feed in the afternoon. We typically go in the evening, but she went earlier, and it looks like these cats had just gotten out of the storage container. It was a mom and nine kittens. Um, So this is what sets the effort back to manage the colony because those cats are there in the first place because somebody dumped them and they multiplied, You've got more cats in being dumped and multiplying. That's obviously a problem. So when we spot a cat or cats that are new, first thing we need to do is trap them. And it's not just that colony, that the whole approach road to the colony, um, we find cats there. I trapped three cats, uh, beautiful Burmese cats, mm. a couple of weeks ago at the North Area rest stop. Um, so, uh, and, and those cats couldn't have gotten there other, any other way, but someone Sorry. dumping them. So it makes me wonder, even though, uh, some of us are, are well-intentioned, but it one, makes me wonder about things like the, the beautiful Tampa Bay Times piece. Mm-hmm. And even in an interview like this one, if, if that's, the result of that is almost a mixed bag. Like maybe there's more awareness, hopefully mm-hmm. maybe you're donating to help you guys right. support all your efforts of feeding and vet care, et cetera. But... Does it also spawn X amount of further cats that get dumped there? Because like suddenly people know, here's here's what can happen yeah. with Mama and the n- nine kittens. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know what people are thinking there, but <laughs> geez, uh, but that makes makes me just wonder. Like, like well, this is sort of pro and con simultaneously, right. I guess. Right, and that's the case with any sort of um, cat 
rescue charity. Um, I was a little ambivalent about doing the piece because I knew that it would have effects both ways. But I have to say, um, we got more donations in the two days after that, far more than we'd had in the two years before that since we formed in 2021. Wow. Um, So that's been great. A lot of that now is going to be taken up with um, spaying and neutering and vet care for these cats. You know, that's a $2,000 problem that they dumped on us. The the mom and the nine kittens. The mom and the nine kittens, yeah. We're going to have uh, one of them, actually, the biggest one is getting uh, spayed today. The other nine are going in Monday, and we've got five pre-adopted, but we've got five more that need to be adopted, the mom and four of the kittens. So please check out our Facebook or Instagram sites to see their pictures. And uh, So again, if people search Skyway Cats, Skyway they can make Cats, it find the Facebook page or the Instagram page. Yes, uh, the Instagram is at Skyway Cats South and okay. Facebook is just Skyway Cats. It's the same posts on either one. Right. Um, and then our website, Skyway Cats, will lead you to our social media sites. So you can see the, the, the five remaining ones, but you can yeah, probably see got- other, other cats that, that come from either Skyway or elsewhere. That, that do also need homes that are in a position to be adopted. Yeah, we've got, we've got well, we've got pictures of those, and then there's one other cat we've got in foster right now, um, an orange cat that also needs a home. We're not um, an adoption-based rescue, like... Um, not intentionally, at least. Not intentionally. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, we're mainly, you know, caretakers. We trap in our colonies. But if we get cats dumped on us, if we get, if we find friendly cats or kittens that we trap, we try our best to get them homes, but we don't have uh, the social media reach um, a lot of times to get them directly adopted. So we have to work through shelters and rescues uh, to get those cats adopted. Uh, and that's got to be tough because those shelters and rescues, especially certain times of the year like now, are like tapped out, it's right? It's extremely tough. That is yeah. the most stressful part of getting these these cats adopted. The fostering, you know, we can foster them, um, but getting them adopted and getting them into shelters or rescues is exceedingly difficult this time of year. It's high, it's kitten season, and this kitten season has been especially bad. So, mean especially prolific when you say especially yeah, bad? Yeah, it has, kind of, and I don't yeah. know if it's the effect of cats not being fixed during COVID or what, but um, everywhere, every shelter is overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, one of the emails that came in just a bit ago said, I read the article, meaning the Tampa Bay Times thing that we referred to by Dirk Shad, a great, mm-hmm. great piece. Um, Greg Schroeder seems like a saint. Also, this seems like a good idea for a Netflix documentary. So, uh, But right away, I would say, I hear what you're saying, but just even the conversation we've just had, a documentary would be like a bigger, especially Netflix level. Yeah. It'd be a bigger mixed bag just because then you get yeah. more cats dumped as a result. Yeah, like, hey, well, right. good, good work, and here's some donations, but here's, you know, 30 more cats or whatever. Yeah, and there, there was a, recently a Netflix documentary. I think it's called Cat People that highlighted some of the, some of the main sort of cat cat people, TNR people, and otherwise. Yeah. But I do have to say that Greg Schroeder is a saint. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is the basically the founding mef- member. He's. I've only been with the organization two years when it was formed. Before that, there was no organization. It was just a couple of people feeding the cats. And Greg's been there probably for over 10 years. He's the one who noticed... Um, just scores of sick cats uh, in this area, both um, both uh, uh, fishing piers. 
He drives a pool truck, so he's in Pinellas County, he's in Hillsborough County, and he's got the um, unenviable um, facility to spot cats from his truck. Oh, wow. Uh, so he spotted them, and he got the colony in shape. He put out, uh, he built shelters. He can, he's great. He can build anything, fix anything. Built shelters, uh, you know, cuts the grass, got everything in shape. Unfortunately, some of the shelters that he built years ago and nice feeding stations, people st- people stole them. Um, oh, we do get geez. people stealing things. I don't know what good these things are to people, but, um, yeah, so he's had that. Um, he also, unfortunately, can spot dead cats a lot of times from mm. his truck. We have a problem because we're so close to the highway and the approach yeah. road that we do have cats killed. And just um, just this past week, we had one of the guys I had fixed at the North Skyway Pier uh, killed at the rest stop. And Greg had to go, and he picked up that cat, did a dignified burial for it. Mm. Um, he does that for cats in our colony and outside our colony. Uh, so, yeah, and he, like I say, he was there most of the day, the other day, um, getting the colony in shape. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get to more specifically TNR, which I keep promising we're going to get to, mm-hmm. and we keep getting mm-hmm. sidetracked by, by important things, though. Um, because of some of the comments you've made about um, uh, Greg, uh, so you said he founded it basically 10 years ago? Yeah, there were people, um, there were people feeding and trapping there. Um, before he got there, but it was sort of a loose kind of thing and mm-hmm. it wasn't regular. He's the guy, as I understand it, got everything in shape. Right, order, um, order to it kind right. of. Right, yeah. and then uh, Maria, our vice president, um, joined. Uh, she's been there longer than I have too, obviously. She started doing more of the trapping and feeding um, a number of years before I did. So, yeah, so and how many cats... Maybe hard to say, but a, a ballpark. How many cats are part of that colony currently? There, and the main colony, there are about twenty of them. There's one that we feed down the road because it doesn't want to be in the colony. Oh, so um, sort of just a rogue. Yeah, and then there are a few barrel. at the rest stop that. In fact, somebody just told me about a couple of new ones that uh. Uh, need to be trapped. And then at North Skyway too, there are a few cats that we provide the food for, and um, I took. One of those home a few weeks ago that I trapped to try and socialize beautiful cats, and 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 were you able to socialize? Well, them or, or still still in <laughs> it's progress. A slow prog- yeah. Normally, I wouldn't try to take cat past past three months or so. They're very difficult That's to the socialize. Point, right? yeah. It's pretty much the cutoff point unless you yeah. get a cat with a different sort of personality. Now, we did take one from the Skyway that's sort of a, a midget tabby cat hmm. that um, we thought was a kitten. Yeah. And my daughter fell in love with it. I, I had it prepared for TNR, was going to let it out. We kept it. And that's a great cat now. She's okay. been a great cat. She was actually an adult when we got her. Um, that sounds like an anomaly because, it is of, an anomaly. because of the age. Yeah. Normally, yeah. you got to TNR them. You got to put them back. And I did with these three Burmese, I put two back, the one that was killed, unfortunately. And I kept the smaller one because she was about probably six or seven months old. So it's slow going, but I thought this is a beautiful cat. She'll have a better chance of getting a home than, unfortunately, um, some of the other cats that... that that we come across. Oh, jeez. All right, this is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guest is Kim Caswell, president of Skyway Cats, Inc., Feral Cat Colony in the South Skyway Fishing Pier, but also, as we're hearing, Northside 
the rest stop area. I mean, it's hardly confined just to that yeah. that particular area. But I mean, that's that's the thing we're focusing on now. Although Kim and a number of her colleagues, as we may or may not have time to get into, also um, tend to to other colonies in all kinds of different locations. So if you'd like to join the conversation, I have a question about feral cats or colonies or TNR or anything like that related. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. You can email DJ at WMNF dot org. Or text 813-433-0885. So, okay, so let's finally, even though I kept promising, let's actually get to TNR. <laughs> Starting on the remedial level, we've kind of said that it's trap, neuter, return. Mm-hmm. But even that, like, what, what for people who might be listening to say, I'm, I'm not that steeped in this world, what does that actually mean? What, what, what okay. happens? Yeah, trap, neuter, return is the only way of humanely reducing cat populations. About three-quarters of the cats born outside won't survive. Um, so what we do and what the cat trappers do is we use humane traps um, to trap the cats, get them spayed, neutered, um, treated for fleas and parasites, get them vaccinated, get them any medical care they need. If they're friendly and adoptable, we try and adopt them out, like I say, usually through shelters. If they're not friendly, they go back to their to their home colonies, um, hopefully with uh, caring uh, individuals who feed and, and, and take care of them. Um, Can you describe more, because when people hear trap, yeah. and you're saying humane trap, right. it almost seems like an oxymoron, like how could there be a humane yeah. trap, but this clearly is. Oh, yeah. Maybe you could describe how, what they look like and how they work. Yeah, there, well, there are two types of cats, uh, two, <clears throat> or traps. Mainly we use bo- what are called box traps, that um, they, they're either spring-loaded or they work uh, by gravity, and they've got a trip plate, so you put the bait in the end. Um, usually we use something strong-smelling like tuna, or we found that cats really love Publix chicken, so we'll sometimes okay. use that. Well, there's an endorsement for Publix. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I wouldn't eat it myself, but the cats yeah. love it. Um, well, there's a reverse endorsement. Yeah, reverse, yeah. Yeah, so the cat hopefully... It goes in the trap. You can't feed them for at least 24 hours before. The cats have to be hungry or they'll never go into a trap. So the cat goes in, trips the plate, the, the uh, door closes, and you've, and you've got your trap. Uh, right. You've got your cat so it's trap. just like a box. So everybody can visualize this who mm-hmm. may not be familiar. The box yeah. closes around the cat. Yeah. Nothing ever injures or hurts no, the cat no. at all. They're, the they're, trap, just, they're just in yeah. a box suddenly that they right. weren't two seconds ago. Right, like a wire mesh sort of thing. And <clears> the traps <throat> are designed so that they don't uh, sort of close on their tails or anything like that. So they're not injured. Um, you know, the ca- you have to cover the trap really quickly because the cats will thrash around, and that's how they'll hurt themselves. Get themselves hurt, yeah. Yeah, so typically as soon as the cat is trapped, you want to throw a sheet or a blanket over the trap and keep so it. So part of the process then I guess requires that uh, this this hopefully stays within a, a confined period because mm-hmm. so you or whoever's doing the trapping oh, yeah. is nearby, even if it might take an hour or two or more, oh, like you want to make sure yeah. you're there. Uh, for that very reason, yeah. they don't injure themselves trying to yeah. get out and flip out. Yeah, you typically don't want to leave a cat <clears throat> that's trapped by itself. Yeah. Um, I, I will sit there for, and this is what trappers do, it's a long, boring process. You just mainly are sitting there for hours and hours. Now, the other type of trap that we have to use sometimes when we have to get one out of a number of other cats is a, is a drop trap where... Um, it's like a, a box with a stick. If you've ever seen, you know, if you're old enough to remember the Roadrunner, um, <laughs> Wiley Coyote, this is the kind of trap he used. Um, 
is just, like I say, it's a box propped up with a stick, and you've got a rope uh, that runs from that stick, as it were, and um, you sit there and wait until the cat, the target cat, goes in, and you pull that rope, and then uh, you've got your cat in that trap, and then you have to transfer him to a box trap uh, to transport. So that's a little more complicated, um, time-consuming, and difficult, and you try not to have to use it, but... Sometimes it's necessary. Or situation calls specifically the situation for, calls that, for, for that if, trap yeah. as opposed to the basic. Right, right. Yeah, I got you. Right. So here's an emailer who actually emailed in earlier, and I didn't get a chance to read it, but uh, just because we sort of represent all kinds of perspectives here. This is from William, a WNF supporter from Atlanta Lakes. His feral cats are considered one of the most invasive and destructive species in many countries around the world. They should be humanely destroyed, not fed and cared for. So... Um, that's obviously a, a viewpoint not necessarily shared by most of the people that are right. responding to this, and certainly not by you, Kim, I'm going to safely assume. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, this, this, my guess is this may tie into what we were talking about earlier, because people that, you know, have seen or, or, or believe they've seen or understand that they've seen birds mm-hmm. uh, injured or killed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. feral cats or other wildlife often have a very anti-feral cat position. Right. So I, I, you know, it's up to William to, to elaborate more how he, why he feels that way. Um, but I'm going to guess it might be something related to that because these are the kind of emails and sometimes calls that we have gotten over the years when we do anything feral right. cat related. Right, yeah. and as I said before, uh, the solution that he mentions to just round him up and kill him is not going to work. Um, more cats will simply come in and breed. Yeah, can you talk about, because I think a lot of people, again, who aren't really... Deeply into the the feral cat slash TNR world, um, might find it interesting to know about like just the vacuum that gets filled, and so yeah. that you're never you're ne- you're never solving the problem unless you right. take specific measures, and then even then it takes obviously years and years. Right. Right, you're not solving the problem. You're just uh, the cats are going to continue to multiply unless you get them fixed and trapped, um, and we believe that we should do that in a humane way. Um, I know there's a need to balance uh, the cats along with the other wildlife. Uh, And like I said before, the objective is not to have any of the cat colonies eventually, not to have any of these stray cats outside. But for the time being, this is what we're left with because people don't spay and neuter their pets and they let them outside. Uh, Pets, uh, pet cats should never be left outside. Um, you should not be letting your pet cats out. Um, that just adds to the problem um, to the extent there is one with the wild competing wildlife. So we don't want them out there either, but we don't think it's the right thing to do to kill them, and that won't take care of the problem in the end. Okay, so we've gotten some more emails. We'll try to get to those. Let's take another caller now at this point. Um, Sorry. Uh, hi, you're on Talking Animals with Kim Caswell. Hello. Yes. It's you. Go ahead, please, if you have a question or comment for Kim. You can hear me? Yes, please go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> I was wondering if, in particular, uh, cat feces, uh, the danger or the non-danger of having, because all of those cats spending all that time, they do excrete and and where does that all go 
Uh, is it dangerous for people? We have grandchildren who come to visit us, and we have a colony in the neighborhood, and I'm greatly concerned about this. So what are your thoughts on that subject? I have never heard about any such dangers. I've never heard about any problems like that. Um, hopefully the cat colony in your neighborhood has been neutered and spayed and vaccinated. Um, when we do that, we, uh, they're treated for fleas and parasites. Um, again, this is a new, uh, new problem, I, 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 potential concern I've never heard about before. But if the cats are properly cared for, um, that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, the cats will obviously go to the bathroom outside. Um, there are ways of keeping cats off your property uh, if you want to do that. And we work with neighbors in our other colonies all the time to keep them away from certain areas where you don't want them. Um, and how does one go about pursuing that option of keeping cats off your property? Okay, um, there are a number of humane ways to do that. If you go on, say, Amazon and type in cat repellent, um, you'll get... Um, there are powders and sprays to keep them away. Uh, Walmart sells a, partic a, a specific cat repellent that, you know, typically these things have like cinnamon oil in them. Um, cats don't like vinegar. You can, uh, coffee grounds, they don't like citrus. So citrus peels, you can put those around your home. You have to do it um, sort of on a regular basis. You can't just do it once and, and then um, have it work forever. So yeah. I would recommend actually that I use the, the cat repellents for, for people that don't want the, the cats around. Right. All right. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. We're going to move on. We're almost out of time, so we do have to move on. But thank you for your call. I, I don't agree with what was said, but that's all right. Okay. okay. Thank you. Fair enough. Um, and... Not surprising, as I've sort of been saying and or predicting one of our emailers, there's, all, all there is is the subject line just is what is the impact of feral cats on natural bird populations? Yeah, so. I think we, we've talked about that. I don't have the statistics. Of course. All I have is sort of my experience, and I don't see a lot of issues like that. Um, It'd be super hard, it would seem to me, to really research or quantify that, like at least in a given area, yeah. Just because there's be so many variables, it'd be hard to say, well, that was clearly the, the, the feral right. cat here in right. this colony, or it was not. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's hard, um, to, hard to get any like yeah. hard da data, I would think. Yeah. Um, anyways, another email says it's TNVR now, trap, neuter, vaccinate, return. I volunteer with St. Francis Cat Rescue and agree mm -hmm. with everything that's been said. Mm -hmm. but I'd like to add, don't feed if you don't get them fixed. Right. Ask, ask for help. Right, yeah. St. Francis is a great organization. They have actually taken some of our cats to get them adopted out. Um, the worst thing you can do is feed stray cats if you're not going to get them fixed because that's just going to add to the problems and the population and the kitten suffering on the streets. So absolutely, thanks for bringing up that point. So how is, because we're almost at the end of our time and I, I want to shoehorn in as many mm -hmm. uh, quick, important questions as I can. Um, how is Skyway Cats funded? I mean, you obviously have tons of food. Yeah. You have vet bills. You have the spay neuter stuff. I mean, hopefully some some vets and people are giving you discounted on, but still, those yeah. are those are costs that you have to deal with somehow. So how how are you funded? Yeah, well, <laughs> self funded mainly. Seriously, um, yeah. Well, uh, 
You're a 501c3. We're a 501c3. We can accept donations. Absolutely. And they're tax deductible. We formed that about two years ago, but we don't have a big social media reach. Um, People go by, they may see the sign and send us something. We've had a few kind souls supporting us since the beginning with food and monetary donations. But I have to say, after Dirk's piece came out in the Tampa Bay Times, we had more donations in two days than we'd had in two years, far more. That's so great. Um, in that regard, it's been, it's been a great help. Now, uh, a lot of those donations now are going to be taken up fixing these cats that were dumped on us. Yeah, but, so it's um, almost a wash in a yeah, way. We right? can, yeah, we can always use uh, more, uh, uh, more donations. We've got a Chewy.com wish list. Okay. Um, if you'd like to send food. And our PayPal uh, site for donations is in our profile in our Facebook and Instagram profiles. So you can click on that if you'd like to donate money. Um, some people send us checks. They DM me and I'll give them an address and they can send a check. So there's all kinds of ways to donate. All kinds of ways. And we really appreciate it. And I have to say, if you have a colony caretaker in your neighborhood, um, uh, shoot them a bag of food once in a while because there are there are just hundreds they're of all reaching unsung in their own heroes all, the time. all yeah. over Tampa Bay yeah. trying to help these cats and they didn't they were just thrust into this position for sure. Yeah. So we should say that the website is skywaycats.org. Uh, no dot com. Oh dot yeah. com. Sorry, that's yeah. right. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, and um, and then Instagram is at Skyway Cats South. And the Facebook is simply Skyway Cats. Yeah, so you can just, for Facebook, you can just search Skyway Cats and get there. And can you donate from the website? Yeah, you can donate from the website. There's a donate button for PetPal. Um, there's also a credit card button, but we've had problems with our uh, platform uh Recently, and I don't know if the credit card uh, button will work, but the PayPal one will work. And, and there's always another way. As there's said. always another yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. 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 If just get in problems, touch. Contact yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, sadly, we are at the end of our time. We've been speaking with Kim Caswell. We're talking mostly about Skyway Cats, and again, SkywayCats.com. And again, as we've noted, there's a Facebook page, an Instagram page, other ways to find out more or to help out. And just one last quick question: Obviously, if people can donate money, that's critical. Mm -hmm. But are you looking for additional people who could help uh, in terms of volunteers? Yeah. In fact, we did get a number of volunteer requests after um, Dirk's piece came out. And we have some new feeders, which is great. We have another one training today. Um, We can certainly use the help. Okay, cool. Well, I'm sorry we are out of time. Uh, There seems like more to say, but I think we covered some of the basic stuff. And um, Thank you so much for joining us and talking. I was in, in studio today, no less, which doesn't happen enough on my show, unfortunately. Um, so good luck with the cats, and uh, let's let's uh, let's do whatever we can to support Kim and the Skyway Cats. And, and we didn't even get into all the other yep. colonies that you and others do, <laughs> but maybe right. that's a conversation for yep. another time. Thank you. Thank you. In a moment, I'll talk with Sonny Flynn, who founded the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center in Madera Beach, which three weeks ago experienced a devastating fire in which over 100 animals perished. On August 3rd, tomorrow night from 6 to 9 p.m., there will be a benefit at the Billmar Beach Resort, seeking to raise funds to care for the surviving animals and to help the uh, Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center rebuild and recover. We'll hear more about that center for the benefit. Uh, 
when Sonny joins us in just a moment here on Talking Owens. Right now, though, we're going to step into the comedy corner with one of my longtime faves. It's Eddie Pepitone doing a piece called Dog Therapy in today's comedy corner on Talking Animals on WMNF. But I've turned my dog... I've turned my dog into my shrink. I'm talking to her now as if she was my shrink because I'm bored to tears with my real shrink. You know what I mean? We understand each other. I'm there to fill an hour. She gets some insurance money, whatever it is. But, but now I talk to my dog like she's my shrink. I, I'm, I'm saying to her like, Charlotte, you don't think I have diabetes, do you? <laughs> Charlotte knew how much money I have in my bank account. Instead of running and chasing balls, she'd just be in the apartment smoking cigarettes. She'd just be like going, great. I thought I landed on my feet here. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Eddie Pepitone in today's Comedy Corner with a piece called Dog Therapy, taken from his album In Ruins. Now it's time to speak with Sonny Flynn, who oversees the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center in Madera Beach, where there was this horrible fire we've been talking about earlier in the show. And, uh, you know, trying to get things back on their feet and help as much as can with this benefit that's tomorrow night at the Billmore Beach Resort. So let's uh, get filled in more directly from Sonny. This is Sonny Flynn on Talking Animals on WMNF. Good morning, Sonny. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on Talking Animals. Thanks for having me. For sure. So let's uh, let's start with uh, just a quick overview of the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center. So the Alligator and Wildlife Discovery Center houses uh, the majority of pet surrenders. Ninety-five percent of my animals were pet surrenders. The other five percent were the rescues or my coral and fish um, displays. Uh, to help with conservation efforts and education. <clears throat> Had a, approximately 250 animals in total. Uh, we uh, lost about 85 of them <clears throat> to oh, the geez. fire. Yeah. So, uh, That's rough. So we sorry. To, we were able to sell, um, save quite a few more than I thought, and we had more accounted for, so that's, now we're... Uh, 
we're trying to raise money to rebuild. Yeah, well, certainly 85 is 85 too many no matter what. So I'm glad it wasn't quite as, as, as extreme as you initially thought, but that's still a rough go, and I'm very sorry for your loss there. Um, so uh, just out of curiosity, do you know what caused the fire? So it's still undetermined. Um, the uh, The final report has not come out. Okay. The, uh, the fire fire marshal, the state fire marshal. So they're leaning towards electrical, but um, I don't want to say, yeah, that was a matter of fact. That's what it right. was. So. And on, on top of that, since it's unclear what, what the cause was, as, uh, as I understand it, the fire happened in the middle of the night, which probably compromised the ability to contain the blaze and uh, respond more quickly. I have to tell you, the Madeira Beach and um, Treasure Island Fire Department stepped up as well as Seminole. They got that fire out in 35 minutes. The oh, wow. From Madeira Beach was three minutes from the time they were called. That's impressive. Wow. So they um, they did a hell of a job, and um, I'm very proud of our fire departments and our first responders. For uh, sure. They knew, I, they knew I had animals, so their, um, they, their first uh, entry was to see what they could rescue. Yeah. Well, good for them. That's that's great that they were so uh, so responsive and so fast. That's excellent. So let's talk uh, about the benefits. Uh, as I've noted already a couple of times, it's tomorrow, August 3rd, at Billmar Beach Resort in Treasure Island from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, and the funds raised, I guess, the benefit will help the center kind of recover and rebuild in the wake of the fire. Uh, is there other or is there funds earmarked for some other purposes as well, or is that the, those chief purposes? The, the main purpose is for us to to rebuild and get back open. Um, we are a key part of uh, Madeira Beach and Treasure Island as we not only draw in our tourists and give the tourists something to do, but it, we're part of the education system. So all the schools, summer camps, field trips. From Hillsboro all the way to Pinellas, um, they come see us. Yeah, so, so, you, so the faster you can rebuild and get back to that, the sooner you, that those programs can resume. I, I assume that's correct. Our you know our mission, um, my vision is conservation education. The mission of the the center is the same, and my team executes it overwhelmingly well. Yeah. Their passion is my vision. So, <clears throat> well, that's great. So, what happens at the benefit itself? To, to kind of walk us through some of the details there, so people who might not have heard about it, that might be free to, to join you guys for at least part of the night tomorrow night. Can, so there, uh, there'll be cocktails and appetizers. Mm -hmm. um, they do have a um, pasta dinner available for purchase. So, um, it's a pasta buffet. Um, we have an alligator kissing booth. Okay, that seems like you got to be very careful there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, it's uh, our, um, we've done it before. It, it's kind of cute. Um, we don't get them that close, but it looks like you're kissing the alligator. Okay. Um, and anytime they're, anytime uh, for safety reasons, they're, uh, we use veterinary gauze so it doesn't hurt the alligator, but their mouths can't open. Um. We also have um, a silent auction going on and a raffle. That's great. All right, well, we're just about out of time at this point, but let's be sure to, is there a website and or social media pages where people could find out more about this if they wanted to get a few more details? Our, 
Our Facebook page is kissagator.com. Okay. So kissagator or at kissagator. Um, uh, our website is uh, alligatorwildlife.com. Okay, great. Well, people can go there, find out more details, and hopefully they can join you tomorrow night. And good luck. I hope you raise all kinds of funds to get back on your feet. And thank you so much for joining us today on, on Talking Animal Center. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bet. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Coming up on WNF, it's Slice of Life, a brand-new show hosted by Randy Zimmerman. After that, we shift back to music programming with Jim Bannon, holding forth from 1 to 3, followed by Robin and Cassie from 3 to 6. Then a terrific Wednesday night block of Latin music kicks in. It's all coming up shortly here on WMNF. And uh, again, next week, as a reminder, my guest will be Temple Grandin, so I'll continue for that. That's again next Wednesday, August 9th, here on WMNF on Tampa on Talking Animals. And uh, it's Talking Animals on WMF Tampa. Thanks.